Oh, that's so Great dog. Mate, pleasure to have you on. Pleasure's Fellow, all mine. a fellow nutter, you know, likes to do crazy shit. Yeah. Mate, what, what crazy shit do you like to do? Well, I think, I, like, in the first place, I think I'm just, like, cursed with danger. You know, like, everybody's got that mate that kind of drives a little bit too fast on the freeway with, you know, it's not like you're late for anything, but they're driving fast. You're like, what is going on here? I think I think that was, I think I got a little bit of that. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's that adrenaline mate it's it's that natural drug you know people get addicted to it <clears throat> that's why you do like fifteen thousand skydives or whatever the crazy crazy people do right you just need more and more and like remember meeting this bloke great guy by the way but you do fucking the skydives with no parachute You know, and then jump after it and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, where does it stop? And he's like, that's why I had to quit, you know, because Yeah. it, it doesn't stop until you end up chasing that that casket, right? Yeah. Right. That's how it stops. That's Yeah. how Yeah. it stops. <laughs> Just like the uh, the free climbers. Now, what's his name? Alex Harris? Alex Hamill, 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 I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just no ropes. Yeah. That's one crazy motherfucker, man. Yeah. But also, I always, what is, what is life I always without purpose? like to think I'm like him when I'm going on some of the, like, sometimes, you know, after the normal ski season, I'll go like try to find some little scary shoot in like with rocks around it. And I feel like I'm a little bit like Alex Hamill, just like, what are we doing here? So what's that feeling, man? I think it's just, yeah, getting getting close to that edge of in or out of control. You know, like I, I like to tell myself like, oh, I just want to know where that edge is so I can be safer and not get close to it. But I don't know. You always just seem to push that edge a little bit more and a little bit more. And you're like, oh, well, yeah, I'll do it. Do it without a shirt on this time or, you know, something a little bit, just a little bit more every time or whatever. Do you think your capacity for control increases and you can control things at a higher intensity or do you think you're literally just getting closer and closer and closer to that set point? Yeah, I think, I mean, it. I think with me, you know, I'm a ski racer, so it's kind of like the, if I can do something scarier than ski racing, then, then when I'm doing ski racing, I'll feel, I won't have that scared hesitation. I'll just do what I naturally do. But yeah, so I think that's kind of where it started. But now... I'll find myself up in these crazy mountain landscapes and I'm like, it's like a whole nother, a whole nother thing. You look at these landscapes and you get a different depth perception and it really makes you see in the mountains that far away and different peaks that you couldn't even see from like the road you were driving. And then you really get into it and you're like, Oh, this is what it looks like. This was way different than I thought. So I think that kind of just makes me, shows me how small we are on this planet you know it's like oh this is you know nature's kind of running the show and we're just like doing what we can to enjoy it but yeah Oh, mate, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think uh, everybody needs to do something that that highlights that to themselves.
you know, whether it's just a hike or, you know, you're a crazy motherfucker like yourself, you know, skiing down crazy mountains or jumping out of planes or whatever you're doing, mm. like do something that shows you that, you know, we might be the main character of our story, but we're not the center of the universe. Totally. You know, there's, yeah, I think there's that, a lot bigger things yeah. out there, man. Yeah, it makes you, you know, those quick, you know, some, a, a rock kind of shifts place and you lose your balance. And, and that just that little instance where you're like, Oh, maybe like, maybe I'm not in control. Yeah. Maybe like I'm not player one right now. I don't mm -hmm. know what's going on, but. Even going to the ocean, right? Like, you know, I'm in New Zealand at the moment I'm on the West coast in the North Island. There's some angry beaches, mate. Some angry fucking beaches. The swirl just, just takes you around. Right. And I grew up swimming of, Granted, I followed a black line, so I was in a pool, right? Not not in the ocean. It's not many oceans yeah. around uh, around Manchester, mate. You've got the Salford Locks, but you're in and out of shopping carts, and it's black, and you probably wouldn't get in, you know? But um, I, I'll get in there, right? And I'm like, oh, oh, I am a bitch right now. Like, wherever the ocean wants to put me, I'm going. Totally, man. There is zero control. Yeah, like, I did the east coast of Australia, and... It was beautiful, you know, like the beaches are, it's so beautiful and sunny and nobody was there, but like, yeah, you get in that swell, man. And it was, there was a couple times it was like, I'm, I'm tired. I gotta, I gotta get through the fucking waves. And it was, yeah, it was, it was like, man, should I go back in later? You know, after you get off, you're so exhausted. It's like, damn, that is, and it's, yeah, that's just a normal day at the beach. Like, it's not like it it knows we're coming and swimming and it gets more angry, you know, it's just like, Oh, this is, this is just the price of admission. You know, you gotta be, you know, fit as to even get out of there if you're, you know, and it, yeah. Yeah. You see think, how powerful it is. We think we're athletes, right. And then you change that environment in which you're, which you're training in or exposed to. And it's just like, we're an everyday folk that sits down from nine to five and, types into a computer man it's like all that fitness that you built built up in your specific sport you yeah. get thrown into a different environment and it's getting right. over son like <laughs> i love it dude i love feeling that of like oh like you thought you were prepared ha <laughs> let me let me show you this one i've got i'm playing with three cards and you're playing with two here you go bitch yeah. Like I like that. I was like, well, now you got to figure it out because now it's the top two inches, right? It's the yeah. it's the mental game rather than I can like kind of force my way out of this one. I can just like smash you in the throat and I'm good. Like, it's like, what are you going to do with the ocean? What are you going to do with the mountain? What are you going to do in the in the lake in the in the uh, forest? Right? It's like fucking good luck, son. Oh, totally. Yeah, you think you know, and in your in your head as, as you you know draw up the the blueprint it's always way different than in reality i was yeah. i was just at a public pool and they had this really cool rock wall that you could climb up and just fall into the deep end and i was like watching all these children kind of use it and i was like oh i'm gonna go up there and it's gonna be so easy i'll go right up to the top i'll probably do a cool trick as i fall in the water man i couldn't even get up halfway i was like oh these like i started climbing it you know and i'm like all oh, these rocks are wet it's way harder to hold i'm like oh yeah i only have three points of contact i was like yep you know you always just assume until you get until you get into it and you try it yeah like when you go swimming in the ocean man you get like a little 
mouth full of water when you're trying to breathe and you start coughing you're just like that's it i'm dead (laughs) (laughs) you can just like stand up where you are but you're like oh this is it you just start panicking you know it's a big mental game 100 man we're so naive right we're like oh yeah we're we're gonna be sound you know we are the apex predator it's like are we yeah are we really you know compared to a rabbit maybe what about the fuck what about the fucking nature you know, what about the hurricane, tornado? What about a fucking tsunami? What about, you know, the the cold? You know, we get, we get cold at whatever degrees. We stick the heating on, mate. Yeah, yeah. Never mind about minus 20, 30, 40 degrees Celsius. So what the fuck are you going to do out there, mate? You know, we, we rely on these external things. We've become a little bit soft in a way, like res- resilient in another, you know. it's But I think the... The humility is the most important thing. We need to do something that humbles us every day, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think, you know, we got these uh, opposable thumbs, but it's like (laughs) all we use them for is scrolling anyways. I think that was like, that's kind of where we're going, right? Is we're more into inventing technology and all that. But, you know, that's why I think that anybody really, you know, you know, a vacation, you go camping, you go get in the woods and it's like just seeing these mountains or the ocean or, you know, animals, nature, it's like, it opens up like this other door in our mind. And we're like, Oh, like these other animals, they're not, they're not inventing iPhones. They're like out, like, you know, you know, dominating like other animals. And you're like, Holy, like, I think, yeah, it really shows us that we went, we went a different route. Our path is going a different way. Than, you know, all the, the, like a bear or something, you know, and you're like, oh, all right. Yeah. It's a bit different, but yeah. I think it's, I mean, obviously it's great. You know, technology is, is a fantastic thing, but we have to be aware and conscious and throw ourselves in a deep end, metaphorically and physically speaking, in, in the sense of, okay, well, we're still attached to this, this physical thing, this, this, you know, this body, right? We're still attached to it. We're not in a computer yet. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't want that life. Like, I would like to be mortal. I would like one day for this to be fucking ended. You know, I don't want to be in information on a, on a computer screen. And, and that's kind of it. You know, it's like, uh, what is it, Tron? The yeah. Tron? Fuck that. That's scary as hell, man. You know, but I think we got to, I think we got to embrace the advancement in technology. It creates a fantastic thing. But then we also have to push the other realm. You know, it's that, that out of balance, right? We've got to find it. Otherwise, we're going to be at a tipping point and fall into right. much on the other side. Do we want to stay barbaric and fucking these savages and apes? Man, probably not, right? Do we want to go, yeah. like, completely go into this, like, digital advancement technology and be these fat motherfuckers like we're in the right. uh, the floaty chairs in Wally? Ah, I would argue yeah. probably not either. It's like, well, we could maybe centralize this point and take the good from both and punt the bad and I don't know, create some sort of weird synergistic, you know, futuristic thing. Totally. And I think it's important, you know, we're, you know, me, you, we're never, you know, I hate to say never see it, but we're never going to see, let's be real. We're never going to, in our lifetimes, we're never going to see the gratification of what is next, you know, or, you know, even a lot of these problems, I think everybody wants to see global warming, us solve it. And, you know, all these 
political issues. But I think like, I think it's, we are doing what we can to, to help and to change everything. But I don't know if we're actually going to see the gratification of like the success, you know? So it's this weird thing. It's like with humans. Yeah. It's like, are we going towards just our mind in a computer or are we going to like go back to the stone age or it's like, yeah, like we'd like to have this perfect middle and I think we will, but I don't think I'm going to be around to see it. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that I'm helping inspire people to keep their you know bodies in shape and and show i think i'm so lucky that i got this superpower it feels like to show people not only are you gonna struggle but it is necessary for success and it's it's as simple as that really obviously you got to find the right struggle and all that but yeah and i just it's this, it's this weird time where even, you know, I'll be on my phone and I'm like, man, I got to get off this thing. I got to mm-hmm. go do this. But then it is great. I'm not, I got GPS everywhere. I'm not getting lost. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's about finding that middle niche of, yeah, the, having the edge of pushing yourself, but also like, okay, I got to answer some emails today. It's like, <laughs> you know, like. going to do some work. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think it's keeping that curiosity. You know, I think we've got an innateness within us of, of, of being curious. What's out there? What what are we? What's our place in the universe? All these, you know, existential crisis questions, right? Or even just like, oh, how do we get better? You know, but I've, I've found that the more, quote unquote, intellectuals that I rub shoulders with, depending on which field they pursue, right? A lot of them go for intelligence and definitions and set in stone. Right. But what if we're wrong? If you go so far in one direction, but what what if we're wrong? What if we're chasing the wrong thing in the wrong direction? Right. Maybe it's the right thing, but it is the wrong direction. Maybe it is the right direction, but we're looking for the wrong thing. You know, it's like, I think it needs to curve. It needs to, we need to write it in the sand, you know, because twice a day it's going to be rubbed off again. You know, the ocean's going to come in twice a day, go out again twice a day. You know, we need to be, a little bit more curious and question ourselves a little bit totally. more, right? And that goes both ways. Like we, the people that are crazy motherfuckers that like to do things physically need to sit our ass down and read some more books, right? Mm-hmm. Need to sit our ass down and maybe learn some technology, right? But totally. then we also need to, maybe the techie techie people need to get out and fucking interact with the world because once you're taken out of your environment, I think you get a, fresh lick of inspiration you know we're the type of people that get the inspiration from mountains lakes rivers oceans you know but who's to say we don't get inspiration from the other side we need to be a little bit more curious you know totally yeah i think that is i mean you you said it it's like i think sometimes we can get caught pulling a mischief on ourselves yeah because we we think we know everything right Especially, you know, I, you know, I'm, we got computers in our pockets and we know so much. There's so much technology and you can Google anything. But yet some of the hardest training I've ever done was a year ago when I learned how to do some breath stuff. And I'm like, oh, like fucking hell, we don't even know how to breathe properly. Like, you know, 80, 90 percent of people don't even breathe right. And it's like, yeah, 
we can make a car and a computer and we have that, but, but there's some, we don't know everything, I guess is, you know, that's what I'm trying to say is there's still so much more to learn and, and we might know the technique, but we don't execute it anymore. And you need to put that time in and do, do these, these things that, yeah, we, we kind of like think, Oh, we got everything, you know, I'll just have my phone and, you know, whatever this and that, but it's like, there's some simple things that, we we don't know you know and i think people can get caught in that thinking they kind of know everything and they kind of pull that mischief on themselves and go down the wrong road for ages and then then you're you know you're kind of you're kind of lost already and or you're so far away from you know a baseline that you know how are you going to make progress but yeah yeah i think we 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 become arrogant enough to believe that the destination is in a, in a straight line. You know, we, we need to pick a career at 18 and you're just going to pursue that. And so we throw dirt upon you, you know, and you're like, um, what? <laughs> what the fuck are you on about? Like, you know, our innateness has uh, a fault. It's called aging. We are going to fucking die one time. You know, that means we are corrupted. We are, uh, you know, we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Our path is not supposed to be perfect. You know, you show me someone that says, yeah, I took one route. And I was like, I'm going to show you a pretty one-sided individual. You know, they're going to have one perspective that whole time. And I think that's kind of sad, man. You know, that's why I love traveling so much and experiencing different cultures and talking to different people, right? And I was like, fuck, well, where are you from? What do you do? Like, why? How do you, how do you think that way? How do you feel when you think that way? You know, what happened, like, all these questions, right? Because it, it molds a character. And that's what we are. We're a freaking character. Yeah, totally. Molds us. It needs to be topsy-turvy. It needs to go everywhere and make mistakes. Fuck up, mate. As long as you learn from it, it's great. It ain't a mistake. You know, it's, I know it sounds cliche. Just do something, man. Like, you're not going to go to the pictures and pay your 15 bucks or whatever. And you sit down and you say, once upon a time, there was a bloke. He had a great life. Yeah, you lived happily every after the end. You're gonna be like, give me my 15 bucks back. That was shit, <laughs> May, And that's I think that is a lot of the world, right? Are these yeah. paths with no resistance? Yeah, and and, and those people I think are kind of like running the show, and you and you know, it's like you know everybody has a boss that they don't like, but you get those you get some of those some of those workmates that are running things, and you're just like how could you have this perspective? And I think a lot of it is that it's uh they haven't struggled. They haven't, you know, done all these tough tasks to make them, you know, lose that anxiety and lose all these eight, you know, all these things that we medicate now. It's like, if we just kind of struggled and had this pat, like, you know, beauty comes out of necessity. And that's why I think I'm so lucky to, to be, you know, where I'm at is because it was kind of like you can either bust your ass or you can like you know submit and that that's it you know period but uh but yeah i think a lot of those people are kind of running the, the cog of the world you know the people that haven't maybe been through some bad situation some struggle you know yeah and they kind of look at you like why are you struggling like wouldn't why don't you just go to the spa after work you know you're tired i can see you're tired why don't you just go take a nap and it's like mate 
it's going right over their head. They're like, oh, all right. But yeah. And that's what I mean with, you know, that breathing stuff and struggle brings success. I, I feel like it's right in front of our faces, but people don't see it sometimes. And mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah, it's because they haven't. And even the people that do struggle and, you know, don't get that success or haven't gotten it yet. You know, it can be tough. It's so much patience and, you know, life sucks and then you die. So it's, it's hard to see that you can enjoy the struggle too. You can enjoy that nice juicy shit sandwich and you can, you know, you can have fun with it or you can be miserable. And there's a lot of miserable people out there and that there's nothing wrong with that. You know, everybody, you got to feel your emotions too. And that miserableness will turn into happiness, you know? Yeah, dude. I think we, if we take away the adversity, we take away the discomfort, then we're doing people a disservice. You know, like we're we're supposed to ebb and flow from, you know, despair to divinity and back again, you know, Timbuktu and then all the way around again, you know, around the world and fucking 80 80 emotions, right? That's what we're supposed to frigging do. You're supposed Mm -hmm. to have a toolbox within you to be able to know, oh, okay, if I hit rock bottom again, I'm going to be all right. You know, it's going to be real shit for a while. Don't get me wrong. Like really fucking shit. But hey, we're going to get out of it. You know, and then if yeah. I reach the bloody peak of the mountain, you got to have the foresight to be like, you're not the frigging king of the world, mate. You know, there's going to be some things that's going to happen. It's going to drag you back down to earth. So enjoy the time and then prepare yeah. <laughs> prepare for when that, that, that punch is going to come and smash you in uh, the face. Because totally. you know, it's coming. Man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally, man. Now, as you're driving down from the mountain, you're, you know, your car breaks down. You're like, all right, here we are. Here we go, baby. Yeah. Started. It's the rule of threes, right? My mom used to tell me growing up, son, like everything comes in threes. Yeah, I've heard this before. What is it? It's you know, you get one, you get one bad thing, you get a second bad thing, you gotta hunt for that third one. The yeah. next thing you know, bang, the third one comes, you're like, Great, that's that's my that's, that's my three shit ones. Now we've got three good <laughs> ones coming, you know. Totally. Dude, it's happened to me so many times, man. And everybody's got, you know, that. Oh, we almost crashed our car today. Probably would have died. Like everybody's got those little instances and it's, it's, it's interesting how quick we forget them as well. You yeah. just you know, go on to, oh, well, I'm going to a, you know, party this weekend or whatever. And you forget, you know, some lorry truck almost ran you over on your push bike and you're like, oh yeah, that did happen. But you know, and when those bad things do happen, you know, it's you, you, like mine, I was lucky enough where mine was just such a blessing and it was basically the best thing that ever happened to me. But, you know, you got to think about how those change people and what they do to them. And I think a lot of times when people have those, they just they try to avoid it the rest of their life. But hmm. you got to it's almost a good thing. It's like and you almost. Yeah. Like like you said, they come in threes. You almost want to go get the next one then and hmm. get them over with because. You know, if you're going to be hiding or you're going to be worried about getting hurt or something like that, that's when it's going to happen. Cause you're, you know, we don't, I think we don't realize how powerful our minds are and how we really can control everything. And especially in our bodies, well, you can control everything in your body with your mind. And, you know, you got to go through stuff to, to find that out. Do you want to tell that story? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, my story. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was so I was 20 years old. I'd went to one uh year of uni my freshman year. I went on a sports scholarship. I was always into sports and that was kind of always my dream. And uh when I was tw so I'm 20 years old right after my freshman year, I grew up on dirt bikes and motorbikes, so I was 19, I'd gotten a landscaping job. I was making a little bit of money, so I bought the basically the biggest fastest motorcycle I could and like I said being cursed with danger I was always you know maybe not doing the speed limit everywhere I went and uh this was a uh a Friday night and uh, all the kids had come home from uni and there was a big party so I went out and that Friday my boss had called me late around like nine o'clock Friday night and asked me if I wanted to work and I loved working and making money so I went in to do my job the next morning as a landscaper. I agreed to go do that. The morning I had gotten up Saturday very early and my motorcycle wouldn't start. And they call it a uh, pop start or a jump start where you take a motorcycle and you have to get momentum, put it in gear and then let go of the clutch. So the engine starts and this took me ages. And uh, so now I'm, I'm late for work. So I'm normally I drive fast on this, but now I'm like really speeding. And this was my friend's best. This was my best friend's house. So I knew the road home very well. They say like 90% of all accidents happen a kilometer from your house or whatever. And I think it's, it's true that that, that was the case with me at least. And I'm, so I'm late for work. I finally got my motorcycle started and I'm like, I'm going to make it to work. I was excited. I'm going to work and there was a little bump in the road where your stomach goes up kind of like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And I remember the last thought I had was I'm going to jump off this and it'll be, I just was thought it'd be fun, you know? And, uh, before that bump in the road even came, I was getting pretty close to the edge of the road and where I'm from in Connecticut, new england of uh usa it's very uh foresty there's trees everywhere it's like a rainforest basically mm. so i i'm getting close to the edge of the road i hadn't i wasn't the most experienced motorcycle rider and i basically thought i was gonna die i mean i'm getting close to the edge of the road i was flying clearly going too fast and there's trees everywhere and luckily a farm field came up so big farm came up right in front of me and i i last thing i thought was i'll probably make it to work and i i figured i would walk away i would probably crash the motorcycle in this farm field but i would probably be able to make it to work that was the last thought i had so what happened is i'm coming close to the edge of the road i see this farm field and i was like oh sweet i'll go in here but the farmer the owner of this farm field had backed his tractor into the telephone pole and he had to pay AT&T $3,000. So he's like, not going to pull a mischief on myself again. I'll go suss this out. And he put big boulders around the bottom of this telephone pole. And I come screaming into this farm field and it was like meter, two meter long grass. Couldn't see the boulders. 
I went directly into one of the boulders on my motorcycle and it kind of threw me spread eagle into a telephone pole that was right there. So I basically hit this telephone pole at like 80 miles an hour, like 130 K and, um, like smashed everything on the left side of my body and my leg, my left leg went around the other side of this telephone pole and it broke my femur, severed my femoral artery. I mean, it was a bad motorcycle accident. You know, I hit a, yeah, I hit this telephone pole at 130K basically. Super, super lucky that that morning an EMT had gotten breakfast from his mother and his mother, his grandmother, I'm sorry, for all the grandmothers out there, thank you so much for cooking your children breakfast because this you know an ambulance driver took a different route that morning to get breakfast from his grandmother and his grandmother's house was across the street from this farm that i crashed he and the, the driver said he leaned back in his chair that morning and pushed the blind aside and could see me in this farm field with a police officer because the first responder was a police officer. And normally, you, if you saw an accident like this, you would probably just call a helicopter to come and get me. But since I had gone into shock earlier in my life through a sports in injury, I dislocated my leg. And my when your arteries get cut off like that, your body kind of figures out to go into shock so that you're not just bleeding out so this was the second time my arteries had got kind of gotten something had happened and my body knew that so i went into shock immediately so when the first responder showed up a police officer i was conscious able to talk to him seemed like nothing was wrong hmm. so he didn't call a helicopter and kind of just actually he took a statement he took like a page and a half statement of my prior night and i saw this statement months later and it was actually hilarious because i was just taking the piss out of this police officer for like a while like hour and i was bleeding internally bleeding through my femoral artery but anyways um luckily this emt guy comes walking over with a defibrillator and um right when he got there i had coded out I had flatlined, which basically I died right when this guy got there. And he said, if he was two minutes later, I would have been cold, dead. But, and since he went to his grandma's for free breakfast, he was 30 minutes closer to where he was supposed to be. And he told me not to tell anybody this because it was, he, and like, you know, I don't, I don't care now. But at the time, he was like, don't tell the papers this because it's really illegal. <laughs> for me to be off my route, like at my grandma's house eating. And I was like, yeah, no, no worries, you know? But um, yeah, that was what really had saved my life was this guy getting breakfast from his grandma because he showed up and used a defibrillator twice on the scene, like full on clear and shocked me twice. And then one more time in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. So it was like, I am very lucky to be alive. And yeah, I, I feel like I, you know, get, get two lives and, or I even, I just feel like 
my perspective now is just like how lucky are we to even be born and get to live yeah. and all that but and i get like two of them but uh but yeah top bloke for saving me good good on grandma for cooking i think it was biscuits and gravy mm. big, big american dish mm. oh, yeah i'm in for that dude yeah. i'm fucking there yeah, I will get in a rubber dinghy and paddle across the Atlantic for that bad boy. Oh yeah, well, I got you. Yeah, we'll have some. We'll do it sometime for sure. Yeah, we'll get my. Yeah. I'll I'll get over to the states. Don't you worry. Yeah, I'll be here, brother. That's that's one hell of a fucking story. I think uh, I do believe everything happens for a reason. Um, I do believe you know we have to go through things to be able to develop and and see a different perspective. You know, mm-hmm. um. And that's one hell of a fucking story and one hell of a different perspective, mate. Yeah, how good is that? I didn't. I, I have a lot of other stories where I'll just make, I'll just make shit up and it's like a good story. But that that's just the real story, and it it's pretty good, you know. So it's pretty fucking good, mate. Yeah, <laughs> biscuits and gravy, boys. Oh man, grandma's biscuits and gravy. <laughs> And uh, yeah, this this uh, cop, he showed me that statement three months later because I was actually quite, quite illegal. I don't think I was like super illegal. I had my like driver's license, but I didn't have insurance. It was like the first day I'd ridden it that summer, my motorcycle. So he kind he did me a favor, but I think he also looked at it like he almost you know, he almost like kind of made the wrong call and killed me. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. he did because I w- I had to go to court for uh for you know a, a big accident basically. You know, somebody's got a no one else was there, thankfully, you know, no one else got hurt, no one else was involved. And um I had to go to court and it was kind of like the judge was just like looking through these papers like confused. And I think the cop must have wrote a note and just been like, if there's a guy there with one leg, just let him go. Cause I went to court about it and they, they like flipped and kind of looked at me, looked at the paper and were like, yeah, you're good. Like, go ahead. But I think it, you know, good thing they didn't throw the book at me, but yeah, super. Lo- 